0: What's up, everybody? And
1: welcome back to Mile Higher Podcast, episode 241. And today, we are going to be talking about the Ice Age cold case, pun intended, of Utsi the Iceman.
0: We're going back in time, baby.
1: Way back in time. And this is a really fascinating um, discovery. It's, it's some potentially true crime. the
0: oldest unsolved homicide in human history.
1: Yeah. I think it is. Well we don't know know for
0: sure if the Iceman was murdered or not. But true all evidence points to he was someone did him dirty. Yeah. At the very end. But this is a this is a really interesting discovery and I'm forgetting the name of the person that sent this to me um, in one of our suggestion forms. What's really interesting and just absolutely crazy about the Utsy the Iceman discovery is that not only was he found with still skin yeah. He's got eyeballs, teeth.
1: Amazing preservation yeah, is unreal. is
0: beyond anything we've ever seen before, but it's totally changed how we viewed people at that time period coming out of the Stone Age. Mm-hmm. And what they found on him as far as technology and the tools and the different things that he was carrying with him. Yeah. Is really astonishing. I mean, this guy was older than Stonehenge. Yeah. And yet it seemed like they were actually far more advanced than we even could ever give them credit for? I mean, we think of like people from the Stone Age or like you know the Flintstones or something, but <laughs> this is like groundbreaking yeah. stuff, groundbreaking discoveries. It's completely rewriting human history. Far and, more
1: advanced than we realized.
0: Yeah, it's really cool. I mean, fifty three hundred years ago, no, what was life like? Well, we'll tell you in this episode. It's, it was pretty nuts, brutal. So this episode of the podcast. Is brought to you by our wonderful sponsors today, Stamps.com, Grammarly, and ZocDoc. Also, make sure you check out MileHarmers.com. We really appreciate it. Support the show. Support the business. Support. I am repping one today. You are. That's a really cool design. I love I that know, I one. I love this one.
2: That is our Paranormal Cabin long sleeve t-shirt. Yes. That's right.
0: Thank you, Janelle. So, MileHarmers.com. But let's go ahead and just jump right into things here, beginning with the actual discovery of the Iceman. On September 19, 1991, two German hikers, Helma and Erika Simon, were hiking on the east ridge of the Spitze, which is a mountain peak located nice. in Uzel Alps, mm. which is a mountain range on the Austrian-Italian border. So just for context, this mountain range sits in the state of Turl in western Austria and the province of South Turl in northern Italy. As the hikers made their way through the peak near Similand Mountain, and Tusanyak Pass, they noticed something very odd in the ice at an elevation of 3,210 meters or 10,530 feet. So, for some context there, we've got a ton of 14ers here in Colorado. So, mountains that are over 14,000 feet. They found this frozen, grizzly discovery in the ground. It was a body which had been partially frozen in the ice. And the hikers, you know, they thought the only type of people that are up this high in the mountains would be another mountaineer. So they called for help when they got back down the mountain. The hikers hadn't realized what they had actually found was a murder victim, but this was no recent crime. As it turns out, the frozen man had been murdered some 5,000 years ago. What they also didn't know is that they had just made one of the most important archaeological discoveries in modern history. How cool is that though? Very cool. At first, you'd probably be terrified because you're like, yeah, this poor guy yeah, frozen up here.
1: Astonishing to come across. But up
0: 10,000 feet. So, a guy yeah. was 5,000 years ago, was all by himself, or was he mm-hmm. at the top of this mountain? It was lucky because that's
1: how he was so well preserved.
0: Right, right. The so conditions cold. up there were just so perfect for preservation.
1: So, a journalist nicknamed the man Utzi since he was discovered in the Utzel Alps. And the name stuck, and he has been known as Utsi ever since. The ice and its humidity and the mountain air had preserved the body incredibly well. His remains were essentially mummified. His skin and flesh looked as if they'd been freeze-dried. Here's some footage from Utsi's discovery. Pretty cool to see.
3: At first, the pathologist responding to the scene assumes it's simply the remains of an unfortunate hiker one of many lost to the Alps over the years. But this body looks different. It shows almost no signs of decomposition. Its skin and flesh appear to have been freeze dried. Hands, feet, even eyeballs are still intact. The mountain air and ice had transformed this corpse into a mummy. As the recovery continues, some unusual items begin popping up. Bits of leather and handmade rope, and a knife with a flint blade. This was no ordinary hiker.
0: First off, after watching this, I have some concerns. Yeah. Why is there one dude with no gloves, bare hands, handling this 5,000-year-old mummy?
1: Well, it's not easy to access this area. But,
0: dude, you can't bring some rubber gloves. He's literally using his bare hands to roll him over. It doesn't seem like they're being that careful.
1: Well, they didn't realize what he was. They thought he was a hiker.
0: These are pathologists. You'd think that they would have some better tools. I don't know. It looks like they have an ice pick. Or a, a I little know. claw hammer, and then they they're using like a, little a hiking pole. Willy nilly like, about it. I agree. They're yeah, like, <laughs> like
2: flipping his
1: leg a, around. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah.
0: If you think you just discovered this like ancient. But they don't artifact. know he's
1: ancient. They can't imagine True. that this body is that old. They have no idea. They think this is a hiker.
0: True. But you, even if it was a hiker, you'd think they would treat it with a little bit more care, is all I'm saying. Okay, know, they'd be a little fair. bit more careful because, I mean, they'd probably want to figure out what happened to him, do an <laughs> autopsy. So why would you? contaminated with your bare hands well, they probably
1: figure they know what happened to him unfortunate day yeah, for a hiker. I guess
0: you know maybe they're thinking just he died up there of hypothermia or something Yeah,
1: they just had no idea what they had discovered clearly
0: and for those listening I'll just tell you what this mummy looks like so the mummy's got his arm like one of his arms going across his chest like this like almost like he's cranking that soldier boy mm-hmm. you know what I mean he's got one arm across like this and then the other one's kind of like up up, in kind of this little like cock position it looks like and then, yeah, he was like, he was kind of, I think he was kind of found like hunched over almost in the ice. Like he was kind of like face down his feet were, I believe underneath him. And then he was kind of like hunched over and then they kind of like chipped away at the ice around him and then flipped him around. But it's pretty insane that he was like freeze dried. Yeah. Thousands of years. I know, it's I'm amazing. just surprised really that lucky. nobody came across him sooner. I'm not. Of thousands of years. But like, out there. Yeah. But it's people go hiking in the most remote places on the planet. I True, guess nobody probably, had been there. He's covered Yeah, he's probably covered in snow most of the time.
1: Yeah. So not only was there snow on top of him, but his body had sat under the ice for thousands of years and had resurfaced above the ice in recent years due to global warming. And scientists examined the body and they were able to learn a surprising amount of information about this ancient man. Here's a short explanation for how his body stayed intact so
3: long. <laughs> The sun and wind dried his body out completely. Rocks on either side of him formed a small trench. This eventually filled in with 10 feet of snow and ice. Preventing the Iceman's body from being swept into the deadly frozen current that flowed all around it. 50 feet to the right or left and his body would have been ground to bits and lost forever. That's wild. Really good luck.
0: He was literally trapped in a glacier pretty mm-hmm. much that just stayed there mm-hmm. for thousands of years. When I first heard about this though, my first my first thought was exactly how did he, you know, last for that long intact? And obviously it makes sense once you realize he was trapped in a glacier, but you know, you think he's baked by the sun. It's crazy to think that all the conditions came perfectly together, it seems like, mm-hmm. to encase him in ice. That was deep enough that it wouldn't be melted or, you know, run off or wind. I mean, the wind at the top of those peaks are insane. And so, I mean, the storms that happen up there, Mm -hmm. the fact that he was so buried beneath And with
1: conditions changing so much, it's really lucky that they found him when he Yeah, exactly. I mean,
0: if it waited a few years later or, you know, something like that, he could have been melted away and we would have missed him. But Mm -hmm. I wonder, it's kind of fate that these guys ran across him, I feel like.
1: Seems that way. But he lived between 3350 and 3100 BC, so about 5,000 years ago during the late Neolithic. During this period, the discovery of copper was causing an economic and social transformation in Europe. This era is known as the Chalcolithic, also known as the Copper Age or the Stone Age, as most of us have heard. He is one of the most preserved ancient humans that archaeologists have ever discovered and his whole body was essentially intact from his head to his hands down to his toes and his eyeballs and two of his fingernails were even still intact. So pretty amazing and we know that he died while face down slumped over a rock um, which likely caused his arms to be frozen the way that they were. Scientists initially believed that Ötzi had died of exposure after getting caught in a blizzard.
0: The ice and snow would have had to quickly cover his body in order for it to be shielded from predators and the elements. Again, Ötzi's remains were found in the mountains on the Austrian-Italian border. So there was a bit of a dispute over which country, you know, had custody over the remains. It was settled that the remains were found in Italy, but Italy agreed to have the remains transported to Innsbruck University in Austria to be studied. And during his life, Utzi would have been about five feet, five inches tall, which was about average height for his time. He weighed 110 pounds and there was hardly any fat on his body. His body was consistent with someone who did a lot of heavy walking, but not a lot of upper body work. His foot size was about seven and a half. Utzi's blood type was O and he had heart disease, Scientists found whole intact blood cells in his body, making this oldest blood ever discovered. But he also had brown eyes and shoulder length, dark brown hair. He also still had all of his teeth, but many of his teeth had cavities and he had a genetic three millimeter gap between his two front teeth. That's what I always wondered about. is like, in ancient times, how did they deal with their teeth, like not rotting out of their, their head? Like,
1: no, they just rotted out. Jesus. They didn't have dentists. For toothpaste, fluoride, none of that shit.
0: So you just when you lost your teeth, you just lost your teeth.
1: Yep. Or you yanked that shit out.
0: But how did how how they eat then? I mean, so much of their food had to be really chewed to swallow it. Mash it up. Really? They're yeah. getting their deer meat and mashing it down to a mush.
2: Well, it I could've. would have I would assume even if you have lost half your teeth, you, can you still, still yeah. chew a little bit.
0: Yeah. Cool. Nah. But I guess that's why they're you know the average lifespan was so much shorter too. It's, mm-hmm. You know, you only live till you're like
1: the high amount of bacteria on his teeth seems to indicate that he had a diet that was high in grains and carbohydrates he suffered from severe gum disease and tooth decay which is no surprise and this would have made it pretty hard for Otzi to eat food that was too hot or too cold also this guy was tatted he had 61 tattoos mostly consisting of horizontal lines and these tattoos were likely from acupuncture to relieve joint pain He also had a cross tattoo on the back of his knee. And these tattoos are some of the oldest that have ever been discovered. And of course, he was tattooed using the stick and poke method that is still sometimes used today. We just talked about that in our last case. Uh, Frederick did some stick and poke tattoos too.
0: Yeah, they do a lot of that in traditional Thai tattoos as well. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Those look super painful though.
1: And for the ink, the tattooer used soot from a fire. Damn. And based on the pigment, it looks like Utsi had these tattoos touched up more than once, suggesting that they were sort of a form of acupuncture.
0: And it seems like they're doing them in certain patterns too. Mm-hmm. I wonder if there's something to that. That's crazy to think that they were doing acupuncture and like knew that this relieved pain.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really. I wonder if there's it goes so far other
0: meaning to some of these though if it's just for acupuncture or if some of these are just like cosmetic to be sim- symbolic in some way. Yeah, yeah. Because there's there's obviously a lot of like horizontal lines, but the cross one's interesting.
1: Yeah, it really is. That I means got to have some meaning. In
0: different places though. So their understanding though of the human body was I think a lot more advanced than I thought.
1: Yeah. And as far as his age, he was about 45, plus or minus about six years. And Otzi was actually decently old for a Chalcolithic man. But he was still in his prime. Based on his DNA and all other data that scientists gathered, they were able to put together a reconstruction of what Utsi might have looked like.
0: Really good looking guy, man. By today's standards, he looks like a Bradley Cooper to me. <laughs> Doesn't he? I mean, maybe a little bit older.
1: Well, he's got more like Jason Momoa vibes.
0: So this reconstruction shows Utsi looking tired and not very well groomed. also looks older than his approximate age but this is pretty understandable when you consider how much harder life was back then. Life aged you very very quickly. Plus there weren't too many barbershops or spas back then so it was hard to stay looking. I mean honestly Mm -hmm. it's like. No Botox. Yeah. Yeah. Scientists were even able to release a short audio clip showing what Utsi's voice might have sounded like and they were able to make the audio after studying his vocal track. That's crazy. Let's listen to it. Really
2: cool technology.
0: Uh uh,
2: uh. Not gonna lie, that's mm. creepy as fuck. Mm-hmm. <laughs> sounds
0: like he grudge. sounds like a dwarf or something. Do you remember like doing those in Lord of the Rings
1: elementary school? Like the vowel, like a e i o u. What? Yeah, like learning the vowels a
2: e i o u. Yeah, but,
0: but like, like the sounds for him. I No, that was just right now. That was just me.
1: I don't know. We're also gonna blind react to this. We haven't seen this before.
2: Oh, I love this. <laughs> this is going
1: to be
3: copyright, though. We can't put it in here. Oh, damn it. Seriously? Uh, no, it's going to be fine. Uh, We're going to try. Oh, uh, <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> my God. Who found this? Julia? Uh, I nice. okay.
1: Beautiful. Nice little present from our researcher there.
2: Thank you. Shout out.
0: But Utsi did suffer from some health issues. For one, Utsi was found to have whipworms in his intestines, which is a type of parasite. He also suffered from arthritis, and he was lactose intolerant. He also had a rare genetic condition that prevented his 12th pair of ribs from forming. During his life, he'd broken some of his ribs, and he'd also once broken his nose. Utsi is also the first known person with a case of Lyme disease. Researchers found that he was infected with a sort of unusual strain of H. Pylori, the bacteria is believed to cause stomach ulcers today, and this probably made the intestinal parasites, aka the whipworms, that Otsu was suffering from, harder to treat. Oh, that's that like scares me the most about living in like ancient yeah. times is the parasites, man. Ooh, so knowing nasty. you got whipworms inside of you. Mm. Like,
1: Although, a lot of us today have worms inside of us. Oh no, I cannot think about that. It's true,
0: but they're small, right?
1: Who knows? Or they big? Have you ever seen people take? Like oh, yeah. to, oh, my God. I, I want to try it. Honestly, why I got would you yeah, want they're, to shit out worms? Because I'd rather shit them out than have them in there. <laughs> well, Might if, as well find out. If
0: Etsy can live with whipworms, we can live with the little little guys, I think.
1: Who knows? If, what if they're big guys?
0: I think we, we would know if they're big, right? Well, there's only
1: one way to find out. We order that shit and we try it out. Oh, All right, let's do
0: it live on the show.
2: <laughs> <laughs> let's do
0: it.
1: And what's really interesting about this strain of H. pylori is that it's rare to find in Europe. It's actually of South and Central Asian origin.
0: So how'd he get it?
1: I don't know. He it's was a mystery. Europe, unless he, was just... he was
2: vacationing at one point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah.
1: Along with joint pain and other illnesses, Utzi had been sick three separate times in the last six months of his life. And these findings were based on his fingernails. There were three linear indentations on them that signified prior illnesses. The most recent indentation was from an illness two months before his death. He had been sick for two weeks. So now let's talk about Utsi's belongings and things that we've learned about him through those items. A treasure trove of Neolithic items were unearthed near where Utsi's body was found. These items included shoes, a very small Flint dagger, a bow and some arrows, a valuable axe, and clothes. One of the shoes was actually still on his body when he was discovered. Butzi had been wearing a cloak woven with grass, leggings, a coat, loincloth, and animal hide stitched together with sinew, which is a piece of tough fibrous tissue. He was also in possession of a warm bearskin cap. He was a fashionable king.
0: Yeah, and the, the fact that he had a bearskin cap is pretty impressive, I'd say. Yeah. I mean, unless they just happened to find a bear dead lying on the ground and then they skinned no, him. but
1: he probably killed his ass. And it really, it's a symbol of strength, you know, to be wearing a bearskin hat. Yeah, it's pretty like you know with
0: uh, the Mayans too, you know, they would mm-hmm. wear leopard skins and things like that. And that was like a symbol of like royalty and I believe yeah. like the kings um, would wear them. So and, yeah, it could have been a... Simple royalty for sure.
1: Yeah, definitely. And his shoes were also really impressive. They were like old-fashioned Uggs. They (laughs) were made with grass, cord, and animal skin. And these furs made the boots waterproof. And the grass sort of functioned as primitive socks. At the time, shoes were not very common, as you can imagine. And most people walked around barefoot. But these shoes would have been helpful for Uzi as he made his way up the mountain terrain.
0: That must have hurt so bad to walk. over oh, I'm sure he rocks. was in pain his whole life. <laughs> Your feet, probably the calluses this dude had. Mm-hmm. I thought my calluses were pretty bad, but, but yours sure. are pretty bad. They they're are probably
1: comparable to Uzi, honestly.
0: <laughs> they are. They're, they're really rough.
1: Bad. Sometimes I see him like, oh my
0: god. Every time I go to get a massage, the people like go right away from my feet as yeah. soon as they, they're like touch them. Like, oh.
1: ew, because they probably like shed off ew
3: yeah they do, so do a get on.
2: A, oh my god get sick. yourself a pedicure
1: yeah we we need to bring your ass in for i want a you to day. do it
2: you me to, yeah you have to pay me a lot more buddy <laughs>
0: <laughs> so the leather and fur from these clothes came from 10 animals of six different species and the axe was made of pure copper that came all the way from Southern Tuscany. There was copper mining taking place in the Alps, so the fact that this ax was from Tuscany gave researchers insight into trading at the time. It also led them to believe that Utsi was some sort of high-ranking person, like a chieftain. Since Utsi had nice clothes and an ax usually only used in burials, this high-value items probably made him a high-ranking person. Scientists were able to find traces of copper in Utsi's hair as well, which leads them to believe that he was some sort of copper forger. That or he could have been a mountain shepherd. His hands were unusually small, and they didn't show the kind of wear you'd imagine. So this means he probably wasn't a manual laborer. long longbow showed a lot of craftsmanship. It was about 1.82 meters long and made from yew tree wood. Butsy had carved out this bow by hand using his copper axe. And at the time of his death, he actually wasn't finished with the bow. He just had to polish it and attach a string. His arrowheads were made of sharp flint and they were glued to the shafts which sat from a birch tree. And the arrows also had feathers attached to the shaft to stabilize them. But he was carrying over a dozen of these arrows, but the strange part is, many of these arrows were unfinished. Only two out of the 14 were ready for use. This is a really interesting point about why would he have headed into the mountains with unfinished weapons? So, Mm -hmm. arrows that won't fly, and he doesn't even have a string on his bow. As far as we know, maybe he didn't it, you know, disintegrated over time, but that's very interesting. Like, mm-hmm. is it possible he was got up in a hurry and just grabbed his stuff and left and he was moving on somewhere else, or what was going on there?
1: The flint dagger was likely used to disembowel animals and prepare their meat. Utsy used a retoucher, which was a small lime tree branch used to sharpen the flint blade. At the end of each branch, a fire-hardened deer antler fragment had been hammered into it. The retoucher is actually the only tool of its kind ever discovered, and it had plenty of marks on it, so he clearly put this to good use.
0: There was also many other items found in Utsi's kit. First, he had been carrying a backpack made out of a U-shaped rod of wood and wooden frame boards. This backpack frame was probably attached to some sort of netting or animal hide to keep the items inside. Utzi also carried around these special birch bark cylinders that were used to make fire. The containers were about 15 to 18 centimeters in diameter and approximately 20 centimeters high. Utsi would wrap the burning charcoal embers from a previous fire in maple leaves and then place these leaves in the containers, which the containers would then keep the embers burning for several hours. It's so smart. I know. It's incredible
1: how resourceful people were back then. I mean, we are just so pathetic compared to our ancestors. It's unreal.
0: Well, because everything's like done for us. That's why.
1: You need something? Amazon, Walmart.
0: Right, and back then it was all up to you yeah. to just make it through the day.
1: Mm-hmm. Yep. If you can't figure out how to do something now, you just Google it, and there's an answer, right? A solution, a product to help.
0: Well, they had to innovate. You know, they had no resources yeah. to innovate from. They just had to do it themselves. Mm-hmm. What a smart thing to do! I would have never thought to put it within maple leaves, and then I
1: know who knew maple leaves were so yeah yeah i
0: wouldn't catch on fire when utzi got to his next campsite all you'd have to do is fan the embers onto some wood and then he would have a new fire in seconds these traditional birch bark containers are actually still made in some parts of the world he was also carrying a small marble disc with narrow strips of hide threaded into it and this was used as a tool for hunting at first this tool looked like some sort of pendant or talisman but it was actually identified as a bird belt after the birds were killed, they were hung by their neck from the hide strips, and then the marble disc would attach to the belt, making the birds easier to carry. Utsi had also attached pieces of birch fungus to the hide strips. This fungus was used medicinally to stop bleeding and for its antibiotic properties.
1: Like we said before, the original theory was that Utsi died in the winter, maybe after getting caught in a blizzard. But new evidence seemed to disprove that theory. Scientists actually discovered pollen in his digestive tract, and clothing, meaning he didn't die in a blizzard. He died in late spring or early summer. They were actually able to trace moss and pollen from his clothes and his body to both lower and higher elevations in the area in his final days. So this gave them a better picture of his final climb. So let's talk about the final two days of Utsi's life so we can see what led up to his death. Starting at the beginning of the 48-hour mark, Utsi was at a higher elevation around 2,500 meters. We know that Ötzi had his first meal while he was up in the mountains. And aside from his medical issues, Ötzi was in good shape. He had all his tools, his belongings, despite some of the tools being unfinished. And he was also eating pretty well during this time. Ötzi had three meals in the last two days of his life. And it's just amazing that we're able to figure all of this out. His first meal was chamois, which is a type of alpine mountain mountain Goat antelope. He ate this meal with some roots and fruits, including some type of small alpine plum. During this time, he also did some manual labor, including sharpening his tools and working on his arrows. After that, he descended down the mountain and into the valley. And
0: this is where things started to get dicey for Otsi. At some point, as he hiked into the valley, he got into some sort of brawl. We know this because it left him with a wound on his wrist and a pretty significant wound on his hand. The wrist wound was enough to damage his bone. The hand wound was a deep cut in between his thumb and forefinger, maybe from a knife that went all the way down to the bone. This would have definitely been a pretty painful and possibly disabling injury. And from the looks of it though, Utsi had been tending to his wound for one or two days before he died. The cut was a defensive wound, and interestingly, Utsi had no other major stab wounds. He just had some bruising and scrapes on his hands, torso, and arms from that fight. Scientists found traces of moss on his body, which led them to believe that he used the moss as sort of a primitive band-aid for the hand wound. So that means that Utsi likely got into some sort of fight that day, and since he didn't have any other wounds from this suspected fight, scientists think that Utsi ended up winning the fight. He might have even killed the person that wounded him.
1: Even though Utsi won the fight, he didn't walk away completely unscathed. His injuries would have made it very hard, if not impossible, to work on his tools and he had even broken two of his arrows in that fight. About eight hours before his death, Utsi was still in the valley. He ate another meal that consisted of red deer, fruits and roots, and he also had a type of medicinal fungi in his GI tract, which might have been used to treat the intestinal parasites. After he ate, he started to make his way back up into the mountains. So tough. I mean, humans these days, we are pathetic. Yep, we're a bunch of whiners. I'm serious. I mean, like everyone is so.
0: I stub my toe and I scream bloody murder. (laughs) I trip on my stairs almost every day.
1: You almost just slipped on the ice. You were all mad. Like, jaw broke my neck.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I know like I know. meanwhile it's he's slipping on ice he's getting stabbed in the hand to the bone yeah
1: Her ancestors are so much tougher well, than that's us how so none of us would have ever survived thank in these you conditions.
0: to all of them for surviving seriously and keeping it going putting so that, in the work so, so we that can live we could the be easy life. here kick back relax
2: <laughs> climate control
0: order shit on amazon mm-hmm. DoorDash our food
2: <laughs> yeah we're pathetic we truly are dude I get like a hang now and I'm like oh fuck I know here we go. <laughs> you think I, he cared about zits? Yeah.
0: <laughs> I know. I, I sliced my finger like last Christmas and oh, I yeah. and I freaked out. I thought I'd cut myself to the bone. Oh, it was so dramatic. I didn't even need a stitch. He just. I went to the ER and they gave me a band-aid. I
1: could have told you you didn't <laughs> know, need to go to the ER, though. I was trying to convince you not to go because it was Christmas dinner oh, and you ruined man. it.
2: And Virgos are dramatic, though. Oh, so dramatic,
1: Excuse this guy. me.
0: I'm not dramatic. Yes,
1: about. you are. Super dramatic. Only when I need to be. So once Utsi got to a suitable spot up on the mountain, he set up his camp and had a little snack about four to five hours after his previous meal. And then Utsi had sat down and cooked a full meal in the hour of his death. So he certainly didn't look like a man on the run from someone. It looked like he wasn't in a hurry to get anywhere. And the meal that Utsi made himself was pretty hearty. He was completely full when he died. He cooked up either some smoked or raw ibex meat, which is an alpine mountain goat, iron corn. Iron Thanks, corn. Janelle. Iron corn wheat, which is an early domesticated form of wheat, possibly in the form of bread and fat from either bacon or cheese, and bracken, which is an edible fern. So very different from what we eat today.
2: No craft mac and cheese. Nope. No easy mac. Sad. No ramen. No Taco Bell. No Taco Ew, Bell for sure. Nasty.
0: This this sounds delicious to me. Smell <laughs> it must have been so good and they like cooked everything over the fire so you get that nice smoky, ashy taste to it. Yeah, you but get the, they didn't like, burnt like, ends the seasonings on there. that you did. Mm, I'd oh. like to see you eat this. You'd be I would a eat bitch it. About absolutely. It. Absolutely I would. Mm, we'll see about that. Please. Bro,
1: you're the pickiest eater eat. in this room.
0: That's so true. That is not true. That actually. is true. Only if it's meat, I'll eat it. If it's anything else, no.
1: He literally picks cucumbers out of sushi That's rolls. true. Everybody <laughs> today had. Yeah. Yeah. He, like uses his chopstick and like <laughs> pushes them serious? out. Yo. <laughs> <laughs> that is sad.
0: Hey, you know what? And no onion. Hot take.
1: Try to cook things without onions. It's a cucumbers real Cucumbers
0: and sushi is the worst. No, it's not. No, it's not. So literally
1: no one agrees with you. That, mm-hmm.
0: Because the cucumbers. Do
1: any of you agree? I don't think so.
0: Today we ordered Mediterranean food for everybody here at the office. Yeah. Everybody was eating Mediterranean food and I was eating chicken wings.
1: Right. You got wings from there?
0: Yes. And they were delicious. Embarrassing. I don't like okay. garbanzo beans. What the hell's garbanzo beans anyway?
1: See, and you just said you're not picky. That's like I'm not.
0: A pretty picky. common thing to eat. Mm.
2: Do you eat hummus? Depends. That's you what hummus. hummus is, bro. It's garbanzo beans.
0: <laughs> I thought it was uh like soybeans or something Wrong. no uh,
2: it's chickpeas same thing
0: oh well <laughs> learn something new today so based on the composition of that delicious ibex meat scientists believe that it was most likely smoked or dried out over a fire so it had a bacon-like consistency mm, that sounds delicious i could do that for, for breakfast lunch and dinner mm. as for the einkorn it had been processed into some sort of wheat bran, which means it was most likely in the form of a bread or cereal. That sounds delicious, some bread, some bacon. <sighs> Utsi's eating good. Other items found near Utsi's body included barley, einkorn, grains, poppy seeds, flax seeds, and sloe kernels, which are small plum-like fruits from a blackthorn tree. So scientists think that these could have been also part of his meals. Iron corn was typically harvested in July or August. Slows ripened from July to September, but the fruit stayed on the shrub through the winter. And they actually taste better after a frost. And they were thought to also have medicinal properties. So based on these harvest times and the fact that Utsi died in spring or early summer, these foods might've actually been stored from a previous year's harvest. Scientists were able to figure out the contents of his last meals after the biopsies of his stomach and GI tract. They literally like picked them apart pretty much, to find out all this information. I mean, they didn't like destroy the body or anything, but they took all these samples to, to you know, look at it at a microscopic level.
1: And as it turns out, there were traces of four other people's blood on Ötzi's belongings. Two traces of blood were found on one of his arrowheads, and one trace was found on his knife, and the last one was found on his clothing. The blood on the arrow came from two separate people, meaning Ötzi injured or killed both of these individuals with it and the blood stains on his clothing were in the shoulder area. That means it's possible that Ötzi had slung the body of someone else over his shoulder, either a fallen comrade or an enemy, possibly. It's possible that Ötzi was hiking or hunting with one of his fellow tribespeople, people, and they may have been attacked by members of a rival tribe. Ten years after Ötzi was discovered, scientists x-rayed his remains, and when they did, they found evidence that a murder had taken place. This is a true crime. A flint arrowhead was embedded in his back, under his left shoulder, close to his armpit. So someone had shot him from behind. And instead of dying from exposure, as they originally believed, scientists now believe that he bled to death after he was shot. This shot had severed an artery, making it a quickly fatal wound. Even in modern times, this wound would have still been potentially untreatable. Utsi also had a head injury from falling onto a rock after he was shot. So bad placement of that rock for sure.
0: The fatal shot had been fired some 100 feet away while Utsi had his back turned. He then fell forward and died. The shooter then took the arrow out of his back, but the arrowhead had been left behind. The angle of the wound tells us that he was either shot from below and behind, or the shooter was standing above and behind him as he waited for Utsi to bend forward before he took the shot but it looks like the shot may have taken Utsi by surprise. And since his bow and arrows were broken and unfinished, he would have been at a major disadvantage. Utsi would have had to be pretty close to his attacker in order to even have a chance to fight back. So scientists tried to figure out what the motive for the murder was. Well, Utsi was found with a copper axe, which at the time was highly valuable. And all of his valuable clothing items were very sought after as well. So basically he had unreal drip. He's got the one of the coolest axes I've ever seen. So maybe that's what they were wanting, but if that was the case, if this was a robbery, why didn't they take it with them?
2: I think that if they took it with him or with them and then showed back up to their tribe, they'd be like, "Oh, uh, where'd you get this, bro?" And maybe they were trying to cover up the fact that they just murdered someone or they didn't want to be caught you know, having someone else's tools and then kind of basically drawing attention to the fact that they just murdered someone or maybe Utsi um, was with a companion or something and that person tried to like save him by pulling out the arrow and you know, the killers might not have wanted to risk like fighting the guy that was with Utsi just for the sake of a few items. So. Why do you
1: think they would want the tribe to not know that they murdered him? Wouldn't that be something to be
2: proud of?
0: Yeah, I was going to say well, do you or think they were, murder they was a thing d- back then? I don't think they cared about Murder back then.
2: Well, I, no, I do. Yeah, especially if they had a trial. Because I mean, if they, it was if the guy murdered him, took his stuff, and then went back
0: to so the same settlement. You mean? Could like have if been, he was
2: like? Well, what if he got? Ki- oh. He could have been killed by the same. Oh, I see what you're person, saying. Person like a part of someone their,
1: within their tribe. Right. Exactly. Okay. okay, that's valid.
0: But but maybe it was just like, I don't know. We don't know that that was even a thing back then. Like maybe it was just like. You know, mm. if you're top dog, there's always going to be somebody trying to take the spot from the top dog and it doesn't matter whether it's murder or not. You think they followed some sort of law? Yeah,
2: I do because they all rely on each other, honestly, more then than, they, than we do now in order for survival.
1: So if it was an internal dispute, maybe the, yeah. the others wouldn't like that. I see what you're saying. Maybe, I don't know. Could be. That's the thing is no one knows. All theories are valid
0: here. It's also possible he like fell on it. You know, he fell on his one of his arrows, and broke off.
1: Now that theory, I think,
0: fell does on not it check to where
2: out. It's <laughs> like g- gouges into your body like that. It would be
0: pretty hard for that to happen for sure, especially since the arrows are down. And he seemed like back. too smart for that.
1: I don't know. Again,
0: but why wouldn't all anybody take those those items from him? Maybe they didn't know he had them on him, and they just kind well,
1: of or they needed to get out of there quick for some reason that he did have someone else with him that was fighting back or. I mean, there's so many reasons. But wouldn't
0: you go back for that copper axe if it was really this highly sought-after object? I feel like you would. I'm just surprised that that axe was there.
1: Maybe they didn't know that he actually passed there. You Mm. know, Maybe they thought he left or something. I don't know. No one knows.
0: Perhaps the motive was to decrease competition for food and resources because during this time, the population was increasing, which made the number of hunters go up and available food become more scarce and more people were starting to farm which meant there were now plots of land to fight over.
1: Another theory is that Ötzi was killed in some sort of ritual sacrifice since he was possibly a high-ranking member of his village. He might have been buried with his valuables as part of this ritual. The spot where he was discovered was at a high point in the mountains, which might have made it a spiritually significant ritual location.
0: I like this theory a lot. I know a lot of people don't, but I really like this theory based on if you look at other civilizations at Mm -hmm. the time. It makes look sense at the look at the Egyptians. They buried, you know, their uh, of course, yeah, high ranking spiritual members and queens and pharaohs with all of their yeah. treasures and stuff. And I I tend to think that maybe this was something that happened even before they came mm-hmm. came along, and it's just been something that's done from day one. You know, like maybe he was maybe his illnesses. He was towards the end of his life, and it was sort of like this sacrificial. You know, they. Killed him and mm-hmm. sacrificed because he was going to die anyway from his wounds and from the illnesses that he had. He or he up,
1: just died and then they. No, played.
0: but what what I'm saying is like maybe this this was like a pilgrimage up to this point on the mountain, and he was kind of having his last meal, and maybe you know people were, you know, there was somebody who was trying to take over his spot, and in that's the why settlement. he had such a hearty last meal. Yeah, that's and he of, had this hmm. big last meal, Would and be. you know he's he's kind of taking that last walk to the top before ultimately his life life has ended probably to prevent from suffering this you know really long and painful death that he Possible. might have endured and so yeah out of respect they then buried him yeah. up there or you know i left think it him makes more sense that out. he was
1: buried versus the idea that he just died there but who knows however to play devil's advocate here and go with another theory the previous fight and the wound to the hand works against the ritual sacrifice theory. Clearly, Uzi had been trying to defend himself and it doesn't look like he was preparing to be sacrificed. Instead, the previous fight makes it more likely that he was murdered. And if this was a murder, the main motive that the culprit had was to kill Uzi. It wasn't a self-defense killing or a killing done just to rob him. So this murder looks like it was something personal or maybe even
0: revenge. Here's my thing with that, though. What I don't understand is why why run up the side of a steep mountain that's 10,000 feet high? That doesn't seem like a great getaway route, you know what I mean, unless he was forced up that way, or the fighting could have been perhaps he was the top of the settlement, he's the chieftain, if you want to call it that, and therefore think about how lions and prides you know mm-hmm. settle who's the top they fight each other. And so it's very possible that back then they would do hand-to-hand combat. Maybe it was a younger guy that was coming in to try to take over the settlement or whatever, his tribe or group of people, and therefore it was a ceremonial fight. You know, I mean, if you look at gladiator times, the Romans and stuff, this happened quite a lot. So it's possible they were fighting, and he lost ultimately. And so this was just sort of how they carried out business. That's kind of what I think.
1: So that would take us back to the day of Uzi's death. Was he killed by a person who was avenging someone's death or did the person Utsi fought make it out alive and then stalked and killed him? And was this a person from a prior fight incident that we don't know the exact date of? Or was it someone from the second fight?
0: So most researchers believe that Utsi died at the spot he was discovered at, but some researchers believe that Utsi actually died at a lower elevation and the killer or killers carried his body up to the higher elevation spot he was found at, which kind of goes along with my ritual sacrifice or ceremonial killing theory, I think. The researchers believe that Utsi was actually buried above a stone burial mound, and their theory is that the continual thawing and refreezing of the water, along with the mountain weather patterns, caused his body to move to the spot where it was discovered. However, the blood clots surrounding the arrowhead in Utsi's back were intact when he was discovered. If he had been brought up to the mountain and buried there, these blood clots would have shown signs of damage. Seven people related to Utsi's discovery have died, four of them in accidents. So some people believe that Utsi's body is cursed or that his spirit has been released to haunt people after his body was disturbed. The first of these so-called Utsi curse victims was Rainer Henn, a forensic pathologist at Innsbruck University. He was part of the first team that worked on freeing Utsi's body from the ice. Rainer was the one that we showed earlier in the episode who used his bare hands to put Utsi's body in a body bag making him one of the first people to ever touch the mummy. One day in 1992, Rainer was on his way to give a lecture on Utsi when he got into a car crash and died. He was only 64 years old. The second was Kurt Fritz, and he was one of the people who made the first trek up to the body after Erica and Helmut Simon discovered it. Kurt died when his search and rescue team were later caught in an avalanche. The rest of the team survived, but Kurt was buried in the snow and suffocated, and he was 52 years old. Next, there was an Austrian journalist who filmed Utzi's body being removed for a documentary. His name was Rainer Holes, and shortly after the documentary was made, he was diagnosed with a brain tumor that ended up killing him. He was 47 years old. On October 15, 2004, Helmut Simon set off on a mountain hike near Salzburg, Austria by himself. This hike was near the spot Utzi was discovered. After he didn't come home that night, his wife, Erica called the police and a search team was assembled. It was unusual that Helmut continued on with his hike that day. Bad weather was approaching and he didn't have a tent. Helmut was an experienced mountaineer and these conditions should have made him turn back. But three days went by and the search team still hadn't found Helmet. A winter storm dropped half a meter of snow on the mountains and finally on the third day of searching, the team found Helmet's body in a stream. It was frozen under a sheet of ice and snow. Helmet had accidentally slipped and fallen 300 feet to his death. The head of the search party was a man named Dieter Warnecki. Dieter attended Helmut's funeral, but that same day after he got back from the funeral, he died of a heart attack. He was 45 years old. Helmut was actually working through some legal issues about the finder's fee for discovering Utzi at the time of his passing. It was Italian law that he had to be paid 25% of the value of Utzi since he discovered the mummy. In 1994, the Italian government offered him a symbolic reward of 5,200 euros, or roughly 5,500 US dollars, Obviously, this was nowhere near the value of Helmut's discovery, and he turned it down. The Simons took the Italian government to court, and they wanted to be named the official finders of Utsi so they could be given fair compensation. The legal battle went on for almost two decades, and during that time, two other people claimed to be part of the hiking group that found Utsi. However, they weren't able to prove it, and eventually the court named the Simons as the official discoverers.
1: Unfortunately, this decision came two years after Helmut died. His wife, Erica, and their two kids were paid 150,000 euros, or just over 161,000 USD. Conrad Spindler was one of the original Innsbruck University archaeologists that analyzed UTSI. He didn't believe in the UTSI curse, and he actually used to joke that he was UTSI's next victim. And he died from complications of multiple sclerosis in 2005, at the age of 55. Thomas Loy was a molecular archaeologist who worked on analyzing blood stains on Ötzi's clothes and weapons, and he was a major part of the discovery that Ötzi was murdered. He began his work in 1992. Later that year, he was diagnosed with a rare blood disease that actually killed him in 2005 and he was 63 years old, which is pretty ironic that, you know, he was working with Ötzi's blood and then gets a blood disease. Thomas had told one of his colleagues that he didn't believe in the curse. He thought it was just a superstition and that people die. At the time he died, Thomas was working on finalizing a book about Utsi.
0: Researchers have said that hundreds of people worked on studying Utsi. So they say it's not unusual or statistically significant that seven people had died in the decade and a half after his discovery. Since 1998, Utsi has been on display at the South Turrell Museum of Archaeology in Bolzano, Italy. He is preserved in a refrigerated cell at 20.3 degrees Fahrenheit with a relative humidity at 98%, with a small window for visitors to peer into. Over 300,000 people visit the museum to see Utsi each year. As it turns out, 19 Austrian men have been found to be direct paternal descendants or close relatives of Utsi. Scientists found the link after analyzing and comparing the DNA from 3,700 blood donor samples collected in South Tyrol. These 19 men have not been informed, That they're related to, let's see.
2: If you were one of these men, would you want to know?
0: Absolutely. Yeah,
2: why not? Well, I guess, like, could it be a privacy issue? Because the fact that it was through blood donations, and I'm sure they didn't know, like, oh, your blood's going to be tested to see if you're related to this dude, by the way.
1: Yeah, that's true. But why wouldn't you want to consent
2: to that? I think it'd be cool to know.
0: Well, and if they are doing that, shouldn't they notify you?
2: Right, they didn't consent to it, that's the whole thing.
0: But if they did it anyway, they should still notify them.
2: But then couldn't that open up a lawsuit like you did what with my blood? Yeah. Well, that's true.
0: Well, too bad. (laughs) This is too important. This is human history we're talking about. Like, I think this makes an exception for that rule. Don't you think?
1: (laughs) No, probably not.
0: No. So women were not included in the study because scientists needed to use a different method to compare their genetics. As for Utsi's maternal genetic lineage, scientists have determined that his line K1F is possibly now extinct. His DNA signature shows that Utsi was part of the migration of Neolithic farmers that came to Europe through Anatolia, or modern-day Turkey. This migration happened 8,000 to 6,000 years ago, and these farmers replaced Europe's Paleolithic hunters and gatherers.
1: Now, this is pretty cool. About 70 meters away from the spot where Ötzi was discovered, there is now a permanent memorial on the mountain. And at the end of the day, even though we've been goofing around, Utsi was still a person, and whether we knew it or not, he did us all a great service, giving us an insight to how people lived before us. Obviously, it seems pretty unlikely that we're going to be able to track down Utsi's killer and get justice for Utsi, but maybe, just maybe, a group of hikers will stumble upon their remains one day, and the mystery could be solved. Our world might seem very different than the world that Utsi lived in, but we have more in common than some may think. People still fight. People still act selfishly. And sadly, people still kill each other.
0: I started learning about this really thinking that he was killed, but I really think that this may have been a ceremonial killing. Really? That was not murder. Like, I don't think this is necessarily like a homicide that's unsolved. Somebody just well, took him out and then took off. Because my thing is, like, what is the motive for that? Unless it's something more ceremonial. We know how spiritual they were at the time what's interesting is they have pictographs of those copper axes in stone so much like Stonehenge with you know all the stone artifacts they have in the area where Utsi lived they have pictographs of big giant stone slabs and carved into the stone slabs are these copper axes which makes you have to believe that these were so significant that they would carve it into freaking stone why would they leave that behind if this were somebody killing them for some reason? You know what I mean? Well,
1: I like I said, there could have been other reasons why they had to get out of there fast. Maybe there were other people involved in this fight and then he was buried in that location later on.
0: True. But if he went all the way up that, you know, if because that's the thing, was he carried up to the top or did he actually run himself up to the top? I mean, and if you go all the way up there, he could have been with carried. him. Why not take it down?
1: What do you mean take it down?
0: Take all of his belongings with him.
1: Cuz maybe he was a important person in the village and it was ceremonial to bury him with his belongings. I just think that it would be a weird way to kill someone in a in a ritual way that wound is a strange location, I mean.
0: But they looking ma-
1: at other cultures, you know, like the Mayans for example would literally rip out people's hearts and then
0: and that's a that, toss them down the that's staircase. a way less humane way to kill them. I know, but it's, it's but an arrow right to it's that It's going to work. No, I know. That and seems
1: like a painful. This would be this quicker. Would, is what I'm saying. No, and this would, would
0: kill you. It hit a major artery. That would make you. That would make you die very quickly. That that's a kill shot for animals and humans. That is true. So I guess be if like, they were,
1: they could have even been like aiming for the
0: heart. That's or somewhere a, in the chest, and well, just kind of. They probably knew that that arteries. They probably knew that's a great spot to somebody and i still so,
1: lean towards a murder i think he was in a fight and
0: he and they they're like oh shit we just murdered Utsi, so let's carry his ass up ten thousand feet into no the i think i think he him. was
1: with other people from his tribes or from his his village and there's like a little
0: war skirmish that went on and then yeah and then they out of respect they, they carried then, him up mm-hmm, mm-hmm. okay it's definitely one theory for sure
1: that's just what i believe but i mean like I said, the possibilities are endless and it's, it's really interesting to let your mind wander when it comes to these. Really
0: Which way old... do you lean Janelle?
2: Um, I think it was the <laughs> murder as well.
0: So like yeah. basically what Janelle or Kendall said.
2: Yeah. Um, I think that, I, I think that maybe even there was some sort of beef going on within his village and, um, someone killed him, you know, cause they had some issue with him and then that's why they left his stuff though because if they came back and they're like yo where's Ozio and, and you have his axe question mark like
0: mm. you know that's the only like so many axes though that's what you guys are there these axes just aren't everywhere this is a very prized item so but it, it would be very them, useful
1: yeah but if it's if you're going to get murdered too because you bring back his stuff and they know that you killed him it's probably know. not I worth don't. taking it
0: I just have a hard time believing that it was that like cut and dry. Like it seems like so logical for us to think of it that way. Or, but back then it was like so much, things were so much deeper and more spiritual than we even could understand. What if
1: it was a a bigger brawl? Like there was a lot of people involved. He was killed in a, a battle and no one really had taken the time to realize what he had on him. It was very quick moving and they got out of there didn't realize that he was left behind i mean there's so many different reasons why
0: i feel like you'd have way more wounds than if he was like in this behind. big battle he not has necessarily. one he has one he has the hand wounds and then he's got the one wound to the chest
1: okay well besides how we think he died or what the purpose was or if he was buried there what do you think about
0: the curse 100 their mummy curse is real i agree you never touch a mummy you yeah. don't disrespect a mummy. You don't do any of that. I mean, Take
1: them out of their burial place.
0: Yeah. I mean, didn't they learn from King Tut?
1: I know. The, I mean, when you the look at... The
0: curse is real. Like The amount
1: of people that died in strange ways after working on King Tut's tomb just kind of sealed the deal for me. It's it's just it's unbelievable. It's really
0: hard to ignore. I mean, I get statistically, like it's not that crazy of numbers considering how many people worked on Tootsie and the discovery and everything. But in the way in which they died and the coincidences surrounding it... Mm-hmm are no coincidences in my opinion yeah that's, especially the one with the the blood disease that's that's pretty interesting to me that's would be a pretty uh, crazy coincidence i mean the guy that was grabbing the mummy with bare hands like psh,
1: i know i not, wouldn't do that
0: that's a, seems just like a bad idea that's why i also think if the curse is real that's why i tend to believe that this was much more of like a and it could have been because yeah he was murdered but i'm like you know, if, if he was murdered, like why bury him at the top of a mountain, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. you know, and wouldn't we have found others up there or other evidence that they did all these Maybe. burials up there? Like a that is a it would point. seem like very inconvenient to carry some I mean, we're talking ten thousand five hundred feet. This is no easy hike. This is straight up a mountain. Like well, to me, I feel like this might have had some more spiritual significance than we know. I mean it's possible. This guy's to get him older like, closer than, to the heavens. Yeah, 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 I mean this guy's like Stonehenge old and we know that stonehenge was there. Is major uh, spiritual significance to stonehenge and the fact and I, I i think archaeologists are like looking at all the physical things here but they're not looking at like the spiritual aspects that might have been in play and you look at the egyptians and how spiritual they were and you look at um you know neolithic people around stonehenge and they were very in touch with the heavens and the sky and i think there is a spiritual significance to the height of the mountain that they're going to the top of the mountain and you know he's you know, he was potentially, you know, ending the near, he was ending his life and he was, he was getting sick. He's, he's fairly old for his age for a man at the time. He had these wounds potentially from, and maybe these wounds were from accidents for all we know. I mean, he could have been working on stuff and injured his hands or fell onto something. I mean, we don't know for sure if he was attacked or not. So Mm -hmm. I don't know. I, I, I like to believe that this was something ceremonial and Perhaps it was like a changing of the guard. There's a new chieftain, and you know he's he's wounded beyond repair, and you know this is like sacrificial. I, I do agree of his with life. you that
1: I think his burial was ritual. I don't think he was just left there,
0: no, or this idea that he was just chased up the mountain by these murderers. I mean, it seems very unlikely to me, but it's
1: it's possible. and what do we know? True. We're podcasters, not archaeologists. thank God,
0: true. For
1: history's sake.
0: I don't know. It's pretty pretty wild, though. I think the curse is real.
1: I agree on that one. Let us know what you guys think. We want to hear from you. What theory makes the most sense to you? And do you believe in the curse? Would you be willing to work on a mummified body that's
0: that old? Hell to the no. I don't even want I'm to see them in not asking you. The museum. I'm asking them. Okay, well, let us know in the comments. and <laughs> watch on YouTube. Also, make sure you're following us on Spotify. It really does help us out. You can also watch the show on Spotify as well now, which is cool. But that is it for us today. We'll be back next week with another great one for you. Until then, keep taking your mind. There you go. <laughs> See you.
1: The words weren't coming out. <laughs>